Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM, life-changing radio, WJMM. So grateful that you tune in each and every day. For more information about Encounter, please go to our website, thehopeencounter.org, or email me at bill at thehopeencounter.org. And don't forget, every Friday night in Nicholasville, Kentucky at 1301 Brandon Road, we have an Encounter event, which everyone's invited to, with free dinner at 530. Service starts at 630. I hope you'll come this Friday. It's going to be a special, special event. Uh, You don't want to miss it. Uh, I hope you'll show up. Some people have been showing up lately uh, that have been tuning into the radio show. And if you'd like to support the Ministry of Encounter, uh, go to the website for more information about that. So this week, yesterday, today, and for the rest of the week, uh, I've got my good friend Gene Walter, he former professional baseball player, but more important than that, man of God, a dear, dear friend of mine, a uh, person that I met in college. We stayed friends throughout the years. Uh, he played for the New York Mets. He pitched for the San Diego Padres as well as for the Seattle Mariners. You're going to hear a little bit more about that, but more important than that, is that he gave his life to Jesus one day. You're going to hear about that as well, too. And I just love being his friend. He's a dear friend to me and Carolyn, and uh, and I'm so grateful that we've stayed friends throughout these years. Yesterday, we were talking about uh, just playing sports in big cities, him in Chicago, and same thing for me in New York. We just That's all we knew how to do, and it's just different today. With people don't have, people are distracted by so many things, and they just it's just not natural for everyone just to go out and just do things uh, and just come back at the end of the day. And uh, But Gene had that opportunity, and I had that opportunity. Gene wound up playing uh, college uh, uh, baseball. He wound up playing professional baseball. Uh, Gene, welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show. It's grateful oh, to have you. Thank you so much, Bill. Great to be here again. So we were talking baseball yesterday, and, and you were sharing that uh, even uh, – even at college, I mean, you really weren't like the the number one pitcher on the team, and you were like the third or, or fourth. And what was that moment when you, you realized that you can take your your game to the next level? Well, I want to say that you know, growing up in Chicago, baseball had its season, and it was a short season, so you played twenty twenty five games. It's not like now when kids play AAU ball and you know, they're on a travel team or some kids are on two travel teams. Um, I'm going to say it was a little purer, um, but I had a lot of work to do. I had a strong left arm, and that's what always got interest um, in me. And it's not to say I wasn't having success. Um, I played on a very good high school baseball team. The great thing about being in the public league in Chicago is that if you got to the quarterfinals of the Public League Championship, you played that game at Wrigley if it was available, and then you played the championship game at Comiskey. And for four years in a row, um, my high school team went to the quarterfinals twice, and then my senior year, I pitched a three-hitter at Comiskey for the Chicago Public League title, which was a thrill, obviously. And then the next year, they went back to the title game and lost it in the last inning to uh, Roberto Clemente, the Puerto Rican club, um, or school, I should say. But we, we had a, a very good neighborhood for baseball. 
And so I was blessed in that. I was blessed to have my older brothers and the tutelage growing up. As I say, I never had a lesson, but my brother Daryl, you know, taught me how to throw my curveball. And um, before that game at Comiskey, uh, one of the former uh, pitchers from the team the year before who was playing in college, Bill Powers, came up to me and said, hey, you know, do you ever hold the ball like that? And I tried it that day, and I had a little bit more tail on my fastball that day. So little things that you always pick up on. You know, I'm big with telling kids that are pitchers to, to work on different grips and to always be trying new things and, and to look at the best. You know, now you could get online and see the different grips uh, that pitchers use to throw pitches. And you might as well start with the best and work your way down. So I'm still fascinated in that. I still, you know, do some instruction. I just got out of uh, coaching, uh, pitching coach for Christian Education Consortium. So, you know, that's the interesting thing. But really, for me, um, it was being able to go out to a Major League Baseball game when I was in junior college there in Chicago and watch some of the pitchers work and to think and say, you know, they don't really throw it any harder than me, but what they do throw, they're so much more polished and consistent with it. Um, they can throw their breaking pitch at any time in the count when they're ahead behind. They can throw it inside, outside, in the dirt. Um, they can locate their fastball. And I couldn't do any of that. I just threw hard, and I didn't really have a plan when I threw my breaking ball other than to throw it nasty, you know, to really put a big break on it. So really it was, it was more honing the game, but to see the professional game at the major league level and know that, well, talent-wise, raw talent-wise, you weren't that far away from that game, but you just didn't have any polish and any consistency. And when I got to EKU, um, there were some guys that were a lot more polished and a lot more consistent. Um, Steve Rebholz, a great pitcher with a good sinker and slider. Um, Steve Engel, who was drafted uh, by the Cubs in the fifth round, you know, great fastball, good curveball. Um, you know, your roommate, Jim Harkins, Harkins, who played on the USA team as a junior and was drafted ahead of me with the Padres. Harky, um, who, we, you know, we like to call him Gumby because um, he was stretching and running and everything. But, you know, Hark was a little bit more polished and stuff. And um, it was it was good to to be with those guys and compete with them. And that's what I tell kids. I said, you know, you just got to stay in there and keep competing and learn and experiment and try things. And, and today, you know, we have track man for golf. You, you can see where your ball goes. You can see the spin on it, the height. Um, well, for baseball, for pitchers, you can go in there with Rapsodo and, and the track man stuff, and you can see the axis of the spin on the ball. You can see the spin rate. You can see the speed. You can see the release angle. So you can work and refine so many different things today that it's just, for me, it's fun when you're into the game like that. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, you take it one day at a time. And I always tell kids, you know, you don't have to specialize at an early age. I think that's what's wrong today is that kids aren't well-rounded like we were. You know, any of the athletes from back in our day, you know, Cal Ripken played all the sports. You know, my son Steven remembers Raleigh Fingers, someone asking him, you know, you know, would you have your kids specialize? And Raleigh's going, no, I'd have them play everything so that they're, you know, 
a well-rounded athlete and you don't overdo it because a lot of times I see with AAU and kids who go and play, you know, 80, 90 games a year, they get into college, they have some adversity, they have an injury, and that injury gives them time off and away from the game, and they discover there's a whole new world that they never knew, and they just don't go back to playing um, because it's been a job for so long. So I say to parents, don't make it a job for the kid before you have to. You know, let let them take it, and I know kids are, are eating up with it and they want to do it, but let them be well-rounded. Um, and, you know, in that, uh, you know, don't make sport the number one thing. Make Jesus the number one thing. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, you know, that's kind of foundational for me. And, you know, it's easy for, you know, Romans 10, 9, and 10, where it's just you trust in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and you confess it with your mouth and you're saved and you believe it in your heart and you're justified. And it's just, it's that easy. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean a lightning bolt comes down and changes you instantly. But you know in your heart that you're saved forever. And in that, you just kind of draw closer to the Lord where, you know, he talks about in the book of John, you know, hey, he's the vine, we're the branches. We need to stay connected to the vine. And that's the Word of God. I mean, we have to be in the Word of God. We have to know it in our heart, and we have to be able to live it. And it's not easy today. And I'm going to say that I am far, far, far from perfect. I'm far from perfect in my actions, and I'm far from perfect from perfect in what I think on a daily basis. Um, but faith is what I keep at the forefront. And in sports, faith is a big component of what we do because you can't be thinking about things when you're doing them. You think about things when you're training. You can think in between pitches or in between pitches of an at-bat. Um, if you're playing golf, you can think about things in between swings. But when you're going to make that pitch or, or swing that bat or swing that club, you have to be committed to it and you can maybe have one checkpoint. Um, but faith you're you're going to you're going to do it with faith and you know that's kind of what I like sharing with the youth when I go speak to them is just I talk about faith and I said you know it's not easy for us to have the faith because the world is beating on us the world is beating on us with a tremendous amount of negativity and a tremendous amount of what I would just say is pure evil. Um, now, people can take that whatever way they want, but from a Christian's perspective, I'm going, I didn't think we can fall so far so fast. But um, I share, if you look in the book of John and you look at one of Jesus' disciples, Thomas, who was with Jesus when Jesus healed people, he, you know, the blind can see, 
um, crippled people, you know, take up your mat and walk. Um, he raised people from the dead. He drove evil spirits out of people. And yet the disciples saw all that. And still Thomas, when Jesus was crucified and resurrected, and all the other disciples saw the Lord, Thomas said, I will not believe it unless I see it with my own eyes. And I put my hands where the nails were in his hand, and I put my fist in his side where the sword was. Um, Thomas doubted, um, and he was with Jesus the whole way. So for us at this point in time to have the faith we need as Christians— we need to stay plugged into the Word of God and read these stories and know this so that when something comes against us, that adversity of life, that we can plug in the Scripture, just like Jesus did when he was tempted by the devil. He plugged in all the Scripture and gave it right back to him. He knew the Word. And I, I love that encounter that you shared with our listeners on the Encounter Radio Show about doubting Thomas. Jesus said, blessed are you, Thomas, that you have seen and believed, but blessed are those who don't see and believe. And that's really faith. Amen. You know, faith is really just seeing something that you can't see, but you believe the Word because you're in the Word, and you believe that God can do anything uh, that He wants to do because He's God. And sometimes it's hard when we live in a world that's so. I, I I'm with you, Gene. I I think, I think the world is taking a a, a turn for the worse, like it quickly. I I, I think it, I think morals are deteriorating, and uh, we need Jesus more now than ever before. Well, this conversation's really taken a really good turn, talking about faith, and you're going to hear more about Gene's faith. Uh, thanks again for tuning into the Encounter Radio Show.